Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters, John Stevens, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley-White, Alex Bossles, Ryan Charlton, The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer and Sarah Allmark. So this evening I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Alex and Graham from Full Circle Bruco in Newcastle. Alex and Graham, please introduce yourselves and your roles at Full Circle. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm head brewer and pretty much been in charge since the, the brewery started off. Yeah, come up with the come up with the recipes, lead the brewing, and hope everybody likes it. I certainly do. How about yourself, Graham? Uh, so my name is Graham. I'm the marketing and events manager at Full Circle Brew Co. I'm excited to be getting hopefully back to events to, this summer. And throughout COVID, I've kind of taken on the role of doing all things web shop, direct deliveries, that sort of thing. So looking forward to getting back to more of the events. Getting back to your, to your actual day job, I expect, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, it's been exactly 12 months to the week, actually, since I first recorded with, uh, actually, with Ben and Alex from Full Circle. Graham, you went on that first podcast. I guess a lot's happened since then, guys. Can you give us a bit of an update? How have you got on? Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting 12 months. I mean, it, it, as hard as it has been, it's kind of absolutely flown by. So even just recording the podcast with you felt like it was pretty much three or six months ago. I mean, there's... Uh, been in and out of lockdown we were probably still in first lockdown when we spoke first time around but yeah. uh, it would have been only a couple of months after our first beers were released which were released the first weekend of lockdown one and we've been through the journey of understanding our kits a bit more having a working canning line having a not working canning line currently having a working canning line so that's really helped and also <laughs> the introduction of bars actually being open which for, for most breweries is pretty much the norm, but for us, it hasn't been. We've never really been used to having a, a full demand of the kind of hospitality industry no. after our beer, which is a new challenge in itself. But it has been a, a, a very exciting journey, and we've had some really highs and lows, picked up a couple of awards along the way, and I, mean, I hope Graham's the same, but I'm absolutely loving it at the moment. Brilliant. How about yourself, Graham, from a, in terms of the last 12 months? Uh, it's been a roller coaster to say the least going through like alex has said going through different lockdowns i mean to me they all kind of amalgamate into one now i think one of the big things for us is is we've really been able to develop a rapport with i think the local community and yes we've seen that since being able to reopen uh in whenever it was april where we were allowed to be outside and we actually got a you know we rushed a beer garden through uh for that opening weekend where Alex, myself and Ben were shoveling gravel onto the, into the pits, uh, like actually like 10 minutes before we actually opened. So, but we've seen just such an uptick in, in that community support. And I think that was just through various lockdowns in our, our, our local community home deliveries, which were well supported. Now, you know, people are able to come out to the brewery, have a pint at the brewery. We've got, a, like I said, we've got a fantastic new beer garden available that traps the sun for most of the day. Uh, and it, it's just great to see people back 
at the tap room enjoying pints. Um, so I think that's the best thing of the last 12 months is people coming back and seeing us. In yes, person. it's great to see the faces that we were delivering beer to actually coming down to the tap room as well. Um, yeah. So that, uh, I mean, there may not have seen many people during lockdown. So we never had an unhappy person having beer delivered. No. Uh, it was always the uh, <laughs> highlight of their day. That's a great uh, perspective on it. I like that, yeah. So it's great to see the same faces we've kind of got accustomed to. Well, I've got lots more to say about the brewery and the beer garden, but before we get into that, let's actually talk about a beer. The first one we're tasting this evening is Summer of 86. This is 6.2% peach and apricot saison. Tasting notes I have from your website say the beer of the summer is here. Our first saison is packed with apricot and peach, making this perfect for sipping on those sun-soaked days at the tap room, on the beach, or by the summer campfire. Great beer, actually. I'm really impressed with this, Alex. I don't think I've ever tasted such a uh, heavily fruited saison. I'm sure you could probably correct me and, and name plenty that you you were inspired by, but but not used to having the sort of the depth of flavour in a almost like a fruited sour, but only in a saison. So it's, it's a great combination. I think the fruits really are singing out there, but that lovely traditional base saison flavour is, is there as well. So it's a terrific beer. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, it all kind of starts from when you look at the name, it's summer of 86. That's actually the year that Graham was born. Um, oh, no, you're really making me feel old. Born in <laughs> summer, I think June something or other. I can't remember his birthday exactly. But one of the first things that Graham did when he joined us was demand a saison. Okay. Um, and I had a saison that would be brewing on the pilot kit. It wasn't this one. But it was a bit more of a challenge in Saison. We may release that one in the future, so I okay. don't want to ruin any surprises. But uh, he was always after a Saison. So this kind of got released on his birthday ish. And I was looking for something that was super fruity, yeah. but you still have a very like, specific Saison yeast profile in there. Yeah. And they don't compete against each other too much. You get sweetness but tartness of the the fruit gives it a little bit of body but you also get the kind of peppery slightly spicy notes at the end so you, you pick up different bits at different points of drinking it which makes it a really nice beer and we've had a couple of people at the, one of the festivals we were at and they may not have liked saisons but uh, they tried it and they liked it nice. um, so who yeah. knows they may try more saisons in the future but it was very popular when we put it on and uh yeah it's uh it's a really well-balanced beer, and I'm hoping to do something similar almost every summer, whether it's a different fruit or something uh, might be the same. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what decide, we decide to do next year. So since it was made for you, Graham, what's your thoughts? So a little bit more backstory on it is uh, when we were talking about Saison, uh, there was a beer from back home, back in Canada, that I had during the summer that was a peach, Saison. So I basically challenged Alex to do something as good so I think okay. that. and he's nailed it i mean it like i would sit on a like like it says on the on the description i would sit outside next to a fire next to a mm. in the beer garden and just drink this all day so obviously being from canada I've got brian adams whose song is summer of 69 so yep. <laughs> that's where the beer name came from summer of 86 based on my birth year but yeah it's gone down really well like alex has said we had a, a tap takeover and i can talk a little bit more about the the bigger picture of this tap takeover, but at the Clooney, uh, which anyone in Newcastle and, and area will know, but they got uh, they got two kegs of it and they they sold out of it within a day. So I mean, nice. it's gone it's gone down really well, especially if we do get some heat. I think it's it's that perfect that perfect summer drink. Superb, yeah. Did you get to taste the Canadian version, Alex? As a, that Graham was challenging you to better. 
I haven't. He kept it all for himself. No, hard to build on it if you didn't get to taste it. But... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, quite often talk about beer in Canada and how it compares. But uh, I think after a couple of years away, I mean, I think Graham should be heading home this year. I'd be really interested to hear his thoughts about how beer back home compares to what yeah. he's drinking. Because drinking fresh beer, there's nothing like it. No, absolutely right. Well, as I said, I, I think this is terrific and I'm looking forward to getting to taste some more on draft at some point, hopefully. It has actually, there are two barrels for this in the tap room. So we've stuck some of this into some reason barrels as well. Okay, nice. Um, so at some point this year, we'll be releasing a barrel aged version Ooh, of this. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, I'll look out for that, definitely. So as I briefly referred to, I did actually make a visit up to the, what I'm now calling the Costa del Tyne in april because it was absolutely the sunniest weekend you can possibly imagine that was the weekend you're talking about where you just literally just allowed to to open outdoors and i followed the progress on instagram of you guys building that beer garden yeah and it was like a a tv garden makeover show to watch it It was amazing that you you pulled that off and it's sort of on the side of quite a steep bank isn't it so it was a non-trivial project i'm sure but it worked out beautifully and it's it's a lovely spot there exactly as you say a sun trap overlooking the brewery um you know great addition to your outdoor space you've already got all those trestle tables across the front anyway so just got tons and tons of outdoor space so really nice i definitely think you have the most american setup of any brewery i've ever visited in the uk and i mean that as a an out and out compliment that is the reference point, as far as I'm concerned, in great brewery experiences is what you can have in the US. And I think you guys have basically built one of those. It's beautiful in every aspect. The the indoor tap room is lovely, glorious view over the, the shiny stainless steel, beautifully lit with coloured LED lights, which is a nice touch that, again, I've only ever seen in the US. But nice attention to detail, just, just sets off the place beautifully. I just mentioned the outdoor seating, which is terrific. Great shop there as well, you know, much bigger bottle shop than any other tap room i can think of i mean obviously i know that's been your owner's heritage so it would make sense you'd have a great shop on site but even still it's a it's brilliant and i just think in every respect you've got just a killer location huge car park out the front obviously perhaps don't really want to encourage people to drive to your brewery but if people are going to drive you know that you have got great on-site parking there which is really nice as well and, and just the location just just outside the city center but surrounded by residential property you know to, certainly to the north and really nice the st peter's harbour area just to the south is a really nice new development so there's loads and loads of people that can walk to the tapper in there so i just just was blown away by how nice of a facility you've got and, and just what a great location in every every kind of dimension i can think of so i can't say any more than that it's just one of the nicest places i can think of to visit in uk craft beer thank you very much yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's i mean we did stumble on a great spot. The Holtz yard that we're in is obviously it's a, quite a heritage site in itself with the, uh, used to be the big pottery factory in, in Newcastle and, and yeah. quite, quite famous. And we're seeing more and more stuff come into it as well. That's more instead of the the business, more like hospitality type of stuff. So, so this is, is if you head through the archway in the big facade opposite you, is that right? You get, you get that opens out into... Yeah, you've got uh, you've got a, a new coffee cake shop. You've got uh, a new burger place opening nice. up. A new yep. healthy chicken restaurant there, and then Ghetto Golf, and then you've got us, and then you've got Proven Goods, which is great donuts. So I mean, you've got a, a bit of a day out in just Holtz Yard, and then obviously we're in. A, I would call the 
call ourselves the beer haven of Newcastle yep. in the Oosburn area where you've got four or five breweries within, you know, walking distance of each other and lots of great craft beer bars, music venues, food, everything. So we're, we're in a great spot in Newcastle and uh, it's just getting better every, you know, every day, it seems. Definitely. And, you know, and I can imagine when I was down with Steve, my business partner in, in April, we walked along from the Millennium Bridge, basically along the north bank of the Tyne to get to you guys. And it took ages to walk past the, I guess you call it the quayside, to call it derelict is rather unkind because it's cleared, basically. It obviously was a major spot for parking, I guess, I don't know, whatever was coming in on, on the ships, whether it was vehicles or other other goods. Um, but there's acres and acres of development land there, isn't there, which presumably at some stage is going to be really nice apartments right along the riverside. I don't see how it's going to be anything else, to be quite honest, over time. And so that just makes your location better and better and better as that gets built as well, doesn't it? And I know, you know, you can't rely on that. You need to have a successful business from day one, which you guys do have. But, I, you know, I can't imagine how much custom you're going to be getting in, in future years as, as those apartment blocks start going up along the riverfront. Yeah, I know that there's plans to are in place and ready to go for, for basically direct to the river from us uh, with big plans, including the, I think it's the, I don't know what they're the YI. Why I? It's like yeah. a, the Newcastle Millennium I. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how popular that'll be, but I mean, if, if they can see our brewery from the top when they're to the top, that's all we need. So, just need to make sure you've got something painted on the roof that identifies you if you haven't already. Just so yeah. <laughs> craft beer this way with a big arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, it's, I don't think we could be in a much better location for what we've got. And uh, like you said, the experience when you come down is second to none, I, I think, uh, in terms of grabbing beers and having that overall brewery experience at a tap room. Definitely. And I assume it's always hot and sunny like it was that weekend I was there, right? So, you know, can... Never rains here. No, Never rains. no. Let's pivot slightly and talk about beer but more from a perspective of brewing styles, Alex. How have you found the last year? Do you say you've broadened your style palette or are you still feeling the pressure to smash out pails and New England IPAs week after week? I mean, obviously we're drinking a beer that demonstrates that isn't the case, but what's your perspective on, on how lockdown has, has influenced your brew sheet choices? Yeah, I mean, I think possibly one of the things that we spoke about last time was not really having a niche yet i still mm-hmm. don't think we have a niche but i think we've naturally found that certain styles we, we do pretty well but it's it's always a balance of doing the fashionable beers mm. doing the beers that sell quicker to help us in all honesty just try and break even and pay our bills but also have room in our almost portfolio of what we've got available in the tap room and what we've got available for sale so that we always have something a little bit more unusual so i'm always quite keen to have something west coasty available in one form or the other you had zebra head didn't you a few weeks ago that i thought was really good yeah Yeah. was that with uh sonic 43 yeah 43 is it called now Mm -hmm. and i think we're doing a um a west coast dipper the newcastle brew dog bar in the next nice okay great Um, they don't sell anywhere near as quickly as a new england ipa or a a hoppy pale or a, a straight up dipper but we try and balance it out so that we pretty much always have something like that available so it won't get brewed as often right but we do have that scope to do something a little bit different we've got a saison we're doing a barley wine soon 
done a, a pastry stout. Um, we'll always have something, like I said, we'll always have something in there that's a little bit more unusual, gives a little bit more freedom to play about with. But again, we've just got to have a range of things that we can sell and keep everybody in the tap room happy as well. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? With the, having the tap room means you're, you're under some obligation to have that range of styles sort of constantly available because you don't want 12 or 15 taps of, of New England IPA, even though I'm sure they'd all sell. But it's, you know, you're going to look to have a bit better range than that, aren't you, in, in the tap room? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it, with us being quite new to this opening up, we're still trying to time everything correctly so that we've got one coming out when one's nearly finished in stock. Yeah. What to put into can, what to put into keg, that's an ongoing battle. Uh, we'll never get it right. But uh, I think every now and then we get something and they sell our can and keg at the same time. If we ever manage to do that, that's a success for us because then we Good. can stock on and get something else in its plate because everybody want something new everybody wants something interesting and especially the uh export as well they'll tend to sit and wait for you've got something else coming out before they'll do a big order and then they'll wait for your next product to come out before they do a big order so even <laughs> trying to shift cores abroad they want you to have your next beer out for them to kind of put it all together if that makes sense yeah it does yeah so it's, it's a learning curve and we're in a better position now than we were a year ago but i still think in a year's time we'll have a better idea of what works what doesn't work but even if when you're thinking of our kind of new england's our dippers i think we're really starting to hit the mark on them and we're really kind of improving them and getting some really good feedback and yeah absolutely i know graham will probably go into it but some of the uh feedback we got from bigfoot was it blew our mind just some of the ratings we got and some of the the data they sent us it was it kind oh, of fantastic. made it all worthwhile what beers did you take down there I'll let graham talk about this for a bit <laughs> uh so we took down or we released the two beers we're trying today as first pours, uh, the summer of 86, the annual service plan. And then we took down the West Coast Pale that we did, Do You Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotator, DDH Pale, and, and our core IPA Looper. Uh, nice. So we went into this as basically our uh, for Bigfoot, and I'm sure some of your listeners have been down there for that. It was kind of our first festival that we were there kind of on our own. We did one right. festival before lockdown. But this felt like our first real festival. Real coming out party, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, there were some great breweries down there. I think there was 27, 28 breweries, and all of them, are you, you just know who they yeah, are. Yeah, some big names there, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. But they did a a rating sheet on the un, on, on Untapped. And, I mean, mm. people can love or hate Untapped, but it does tell a little bit of your story. Yep. And uh, so for all the check-ins at, uh, at Bigfoot, the overall brewery rating, uh, we finished second in the overall brewery. Nice. So, and, and that's been in the amongst of, you know, the likes of Verdant and Dea and Colonel yeah. Lervig amongst. You know, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, seeing that has obviously mm. given us a boost in confidence and morale. Just I to, bet. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, uh, not that you were struggling for ratings before you went down there. I mean, you, I think, you know, from coming right out of the gate, your beers have always been well rated on Untapped, with every justification, in my opinion. We're not tasting Rotator tonight, but just want to comment briefly on it. I think that's a great core DDH pale as well. I think you've really nailed that one, Alex, and I had a older four-pack of it when it first came out and really, really enjoyed that. So that's I think, nice. yeah, so that's another great addition to, to your core range. Um, just as, as good a DDH pale as I think you find. So, so great beer. Yes, it took us a bit by surprise that we've probably talked for six months about releasing something like a DDH pale into our core range. We kept mm-hmm. doing different versions, different hop things, so and they always sold quite well. And then we got around to doing a version called Beta, which was mm-hmm. our kind of test, which was this one. 
and then we actually released it and then it was pretty much all sold out as soon as we'd packaged it. And that was a bit of a panic because we hadn't planned to brew anymore for quite a while. <laughs> so we're still trying to catch up on that. So yeah. um, hopefully it'll be available on a consistent basis as soon as we've caught up properly, but uh, getting some really good feedback on that one. And it's, it's going out in quite a lot of volume. Um, I bet it is. I bet people are looking for that in keg as well, aren't they? You know, yeah, that seems um, like a great draft beer to have on we, we, we pretty much run out of keg and we've only packaged it last week hmm. but uh, we've got a couple of permanent lines with that one um, nice and of abb seems to suit quite well absolutely so, perfect yeah. so as soon as we can organize ourselves properly <laughs> if anybody wants a call line just give it a shout <laughs> fantastic i'll tell you what gents let's just take a really short break This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials and most importantly the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. So I am back with Graham and Alex from Full Circle Brew Co for the second half of the show. Gents, let's talk about festivals. We've already spoken briefly about Bigfoot and how well that went down for you guys. Um, what else are you signed up for? So we, we were lucky enough to get invited and to go on tour with the, the We Are Beer Festival. Uh-huh. So we jumped on that and we're, we're in all of those and they've all been moved essentially it seems yeah, yeah. So, it's really hard to keep track isn't it manchester's the first one now i think isn't it manchester's the first one now 23rd 24th of july mm-hmm. and then the other ones of those we've got bristol 30th of july to the first of august mm. and london 13th to the 15th of august yep. edinburgh 20 to 21st of august we've also got brew london for a double header yeah. On the last weekend in July. So that's going to be an interesting time. You're for going us. to be stretched pretty thin that weekend, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're stretched thin if we go to one festival. So I don't know how to kind of work out. Well, I'm at Brew London. So I'll come and help you out, pour some beers if you need something to. <laughs> I mean, I, I will take you up on that for sure. Yeah, it's been recorded. <laughs> yeah, it's been recorded. <laughs> yeah, bear in mind, I'm going to edit this. So, Alex, I don't think it's, <laughs> it's never going to make the final cut. <laughs> yeah. We've been invited as well to go to Brew by Numbers, who are oh yes, I've got a ticket for that as well. Yeah, Riverside Festival. I mean, if you thought our place looked good, if I've Mm. seen one picture of their place and it looks absolutely amazing, it does look nuts. I agree. Uh, Yeah. So we've been invited to go pour their grand opening down there. So we're really excited for that. We've got I think a home and away uh, collab kind of lined up with them. Oh, nice. We've got Beer Central, which has now been moved to the seventeenth, eighteenth of September. Right. And we possibly got our first international festival that same weekend in Montpellier. Oh my goodness. And Graham's also in Canada at this time. I'm in Canada at that point. So so that's kind of our festival schedule, which should have been spread out a bit, but is now crammed. Yeah. But that's amazing. I mean, it's just it literally you're everywhere aren't you i mean is there a festival you're not signed up for i can't think of any i mean i guess there's one or two but that's that's awesome you're going to be sick of the sight of me this summer because i'm at <laughs> uh, i'm at london craft beer i'm at brew london of course i'll be at the riverside brew by numbers festival and i'm sure you know i'm contemplating one or two others as well so yeah you'll uh, you will be thoroughly sick of me rocking up drunk at your stand so you know <laughs> i mean we'll never be sick of anyone coming to drink our beer i don't think <laughs> 
But yeah, we're really excited for that, getting these festivals in. And, you know, obviously there's lots of other festivals that we'd love to be involved in as, as well going forward, especially getting over to Europe would be yep. absolutely just a fantastic experience because being able to get out there and then maybe do some collabs there is a goal of ours. But I think that might be pushed now to uh, next year when hopefully things are normal. Alex referred briefly before the break to the export business. When I chatted with Alex and Ben a year ago, you guys were just on the verge of getting that stuff started, but not, I don't think you'd actually got any contracts in place or at least not much anyway. I know, I know Ben was quite cagey about mentioning which countries you were, you were focusing on. So can you share a bit more about where your beer is going and how it's being received? Um, so we, we've managed to get into quite a bit of Europe, which has really helped us shift product. Uh, because I, I think yeah. a lot of the country in the UK still don't really know us based on bars not being open and wholesalers not taking as much or introducing no new breweries through this time, which is understandable. But we've we've managed to get into eight or nine countries in Europe, I believe. Brilliant. With I'd say the top biggest buyers being Spain, France, and probably the Netherlands. Right. But you know, we've also shifted our beer out as far as Singapore now. Oh wow. Which is which was really interesting to see. But like mm. I find it really for me being Canadian and, and coming here and, and the craft experience is, you know, we don't see a lot of craft come into the UK from, from Europe, but apparently, like, UK craft is, is king in, in Europe, it seems like. Everyone, lots of breweries are out, out there. And, and so to be picked by some of these wholesalers or importers from Europe this early on for us, especially during a, a COVID pandemic, I think it says a lot about what we've been, what, you know, we've been producing, what Alex has been, Alex and our brewers have been able to do. So, it, I mean, we're kind of, flattered by the recognition we've got from a lot of these european countries and you know so we hope to keep growing that way but also as importantly grow bigger in the uk yeah it's nice to have a balance isn't it obviously it's great to grow that international recognition and with that comes invitations to festivals and an interesting international collabs which is all you know all sort of builds on the the reputation of the brand isn't it so that's great to, to have but obviously your home market is is also what really counts. And, and so you're always making difficult decisions, I guess, as to what beer you've got enough of to export and, and what you need to package for, for the home market. But all yeah. nice problems. <laughs> I mean, stop start as well with Brexit thrown in as well. I mean, at one point it was easier to get to beer to Singapore than it was to France. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't doubt it. It yeah. took eight weeks to get to France and mm. everyone was having the same problems. It seems to have kind of settled itself down. Yeah, now. that's that's what I'm hearing from other people. I think yeah. so, yeah. We've all got reasonable routes into market now and it's just a case of places consistently staying open and so getting our name out there, making sure the quality is good. But we also find that they do take a lot of the stronger beers and they do take a bit of the, hop, the hoppy beers and try and make something under 6.5%. Apart from maybe Looper, they just won't touch it. That's Spain. Um, I've heard that said of Spain particularly is, you know, yeah. forget about trying to send a sub 6% beer to Spain. They just won't yeah. have it. So, 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 I mean, that kind of comes into when we're trying to work out the balance of beers to brew as well. There's always trying to have something that a wholesaler in Europe will take as well. Yeah. Any idea what percentage of your beer you're exporting now, very roughly? 30%. 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, we could do more. We just don't have the capacity at the moment to keep everybody happy, I think. So we're just trying to ration what goes where. It's kind of disappointing 
one person is just main, mainly making everyone somewhat happy right now. That's, I think that's all you can aspire to do, isn't it? Is, is make sure everybody's no more than just mildly pissed off with you. And if you can manage that, <laughs> then you're doing a good job of yeah. Yeah. spreading the product out into the market. In terms of capacity, Alex, have you added capacity since we last spoke? I think we have. So we've added two 60-heck fermenters, a 60-heck bright mm-hmm. tank and a 90-heck bright tank. We are looking to add a further two 60-heck tanks and two 90-heck tanks. Wow. Um, the the shipping rates at the moment are horrendous coming out of yeah. China. Yeah. Um, so that's made us look at efficiencies more than anything. Right. Um, so we're currently looking at increasing our production capacity by adding a couple bits of hardware to allow us to do a lot more at the same time. So okay. I think we can probably increase our production another 20, 30% just on adding a couple bits of hardware. Um, oh, right. Going from what we were doing last year, we were probably doing 120 heck a month. And, right. and now we're pushing 550, 600 heck a month. Good Lord. I mean, that's kind of through the browsers and may, may not be into package, but uh, it's at that point now where we're kind of struggling to keep up and got a couple of pinch points. But uh, definitely by the end of the year, we'll have improved efficiencies and be able to produce more. And then hopefully, again, by the end of the year or early next year, we'll be looking to get those extra tanks in, maybe a couple of extra bodies. And that's pretty much the site maxed out at that so point. I was just actually just thinking that. I, I was so dazzled with the LED lights reflecting off tanks that are there that I didn't really take account of what spare floor space you've got in the building there. And uh, I, you, you yeah. have got room for a few more, I guess, have you? Uh, I mean, we can. the plan is to swap out two of the smaller tanks for two bigger tanks, add two bigger tanks. But then it's it looks like a big site, but once you get everything in, it's not. And what we struggle is kind of for storage for dry goods coming in. I think everybody does, yeah. Kind of stuff. And we've started having to get a lorry basically collecting once a week from us to take it over to our storage site. And we've got one coming out like six o'clock in the morning tomorrow with about 15 or 16 pallets on a beer and that's just from the last four or five days packaging <laughs> so um that's becoming more and more common and just logistically it's becoming a bit of a headache but it's something that we're going to overcome and it's it's a nice problem to have really is yeah that's amazing we should talk about annual service plan which we are all steaming through here this is 6.8 percent strata and citra new england ipa and it's a collab with heist in Sheffield, also friends of This Week in Craft Beer. And the tasting notes I have say, we collaborated once again with the great team down at Heist Bruco to create this mega beer, an explosion of citrus and dankness combined together perfectly, coupled with a super soft mouthfeel. This is one of our favourite New England IPAs to date. Love it. I absolutely adore both Citra and Strata. I don't think it's possible that you could brew a Citra Strata New England IPA that I wouldn't love, uh, I'm sure that is possible and i'm sure if i tried to brew it it would be awful but in skilled hands citra and strata always pleases me so this is really delicious alex um i just looked at the average rate and i untapped it before point nearly 4.2 i think or something crazy isn't it so thoroughly deserved lovely lovely beer i'm not surprised it went down a storm at bigfoot you know i'm sure this is going to sell out quick it certainly deserves to yeah i think we're also sending a good chunk of it down to heist for their tap room opening nice when is Uh, that I believe towards the back end of this month. I will look in the. I'll have a look and put it in the show notes um, because yeah. I want to. You know, I want to give those guys a plug because it's just. I'm, I feel really sorry for them. It's taken them so long to get that new site up and running. You know, they. You know, they they packed up the brewery, didn't they, and took on that unbelievable project of a new site, and then 
have run into every possible challenge under the sun in, in getting it off the ground. So I'm thrilled that it finally is coming together for him. Yeah, and um, I think they're still waiting for confirmation of dates. So it'd be worth checking to see if they have any. I will else. do. Yeah, I'll look at that and definitely put, put a note uh, to that in the show notes. I think they've got some like 30 taps when it's going to be up and running. We've got a couple of permanent lines there. So oh, brilliant. Have to get a looper, a rotator, and maybe one other um, rotating beer. I can't remember exactly how many mm-hmm. we've got. But uh, no, it's, this is our second collab with them. We did the All Together Beer. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I had as well, which is great. Last year. And that went down really well. Mm-hmm. So we just thought we'd do maybe do something every year with them. Hopefully it'll be their place next time. But awesome. uh, I'm really happy with how it's gone down. Actually, you can't really go wrong with those hops. They no. just complement each other so well. Yeah. Um, and Strata, it, it really is one of my favourite hops at the moment. That and Talus. Yeah, everybody full circle will tell, me, tell you I put Talus and everything at the moment. But uh, um, <laughs> big fan of Strata. We've got a little bit left to use on the contract this year, but uh, it just gives a really nice dank element to it. Mm. I think it suits most beers quite well. But it, it certainly suits New England IPAs extremely well, doesn't yeah. it? Brilliant. What do you think of this one, Graham? Like Alex has said, I think we've developed a, a bit of a reputation for doing good New England IPAs and IPAs. Uh, I think it's something that Alex is confident in and mm. doing, and you can tell that by everything he puts out that, yep. that's in the style that I mean, you don't have to think twice. You just buy it and it's good. Um, nice. yep. So it's another New England IPA that I think will go down really well with, with anyone. And hopefully you can taste it in Sheffield at the Heist tap room soon. Because, yeah, like, like you said, Feel for those guys. Uh, really hope that their their, their spot takes off. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure it will. I think you know it's a big catchment area in Sheffield. I think they'll do well, but it's just been a tough eighteen months for them. What have you got coming up in terms of beers, Alex? Collabs, your own brews. What can you tease us with? What we've got at the moment. We had Turning Point with us last week, right? Um, for a, I think we did. A, that was a we did a, with we did a dipper with turning point, and we have Phantom with us tomorrow. Ah, my good friends at Phantom, brilliant! So yeah. I think Dane and somebody else will be down uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow in the morning, and we're doing a New England with them. Brilliant! Um, a couple of kind of New World hops. Rewaka um, is in there, possibly cool. a bit of Nelson as well. Nice. So that should be really nice. And then we're doing a West Coast dipper with the Newcastle Brewdog Bar. Uh, okay. Friends work in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's part of Collab Fest. I was going to say that, but it sounds like it must be part of Collab Fest. Yeah, it really? sounds a bit early, actually. For Usually Collab Fest is October, isn't it? But I mean, uh, they want to be so early. They want to be about eight weeks before the event for some reason. Wow. Um, <laughs> which is kind of one of the reasons I went down the West Coast route on that one. Oh. I think it just it's just to give them a bit of a chance to get make sure it's in all the bars at the correct time and in Europe when it needs to be and so on and so on. The Brewdog Bar in Newcastle was one of my favourite bars when... I was kind of starting to drink and yep. had a homebrew club there and still got my name on the wall a couple of times. So that was nice. kind of got me excited about beer. One of our staff used to work there and actually run the homebrew club, one of our brewers. Um, so as a kind of a, a team, we've got quite a connection with the, the local Newcastle yeah. bar and it would just be a really nice chance to go back and drink some of the beer we've made there. Sure. Is there anything else we've got lined up? On? Yeah, quite a bit lined up. <laughs> Assuming, assuming it all stays to plan, which yeah. maybe doesn't do, but we've got a nice, uh, our next sour will be out as well, beginning of August, which is a raspberry, lemon, and lime sour. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So, sounds like a nice summer drinker. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope that August is a hot one because mm. I think that'll go down really well. Well, it will uh, be in Newcastle anyway. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then, yeah, we've got um, the rye IPA and all that. Nice rye IPA. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, like Alex, I think mentioned earlier, a barley wine mm-hmm. and a, uh, got an oat pale as well in the Okay. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a Strata and Equinox. So if you're a fan of uh, this bit, you're probably... Yeah, also sounds good, yeah. Like 30 or 40% oats in that. Like a bit of oat in the IPA, yeah. yeah. If you're looking for something, a lager, we've got our next uh, our next Meridian uh, okay. Pilsner coming out. So obviously, like we've, we've done two of them before, so it's always single hop. Yeah, so uh, I mean that... Sorry to interrupt you, Graham, but that... So that was one of your first beers last year, Alex, um, your, your IP, IPL or whatever, which I think is the nicest IPL I've had. Um, in fact, it was so heavily hopped that it wasn't really a lager anymore. I don't think, um, but that you know, but that that's right up my street. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that was technically a dry hopped Kolsch. But that was- yes, there we go. But that, yeah, nuts beer. That's if everybody made their lagers to taste like that, then I would be a, I would be a lager drinker. Again, <laughs> Kolsch on a beer, no one touches. <laughs> I thought that was that was a master stroke. It had um, a really nice balance between a, a Kolsch and kind of like a dry hot pale. And mm-hmm. I think it would have been Nelson and Motueka or Nelson and Ruwaka or something like was that. It? Oh, no wonder I liked it then. Yeah, Very nice. Yeah. Really nice. More of that, please. Yeah, we were still going to do a return with Top Rope at some time, and they're great guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, I do. And they've got their new brewery. So, um, yeah, that's another place. Oh, God, I've just so many places. I need to go, but I had Neil on the podcast a couple of months ago, and that's another place I need to go and check out. Yeah, yeah, yeah excellent. Lots of good stuff by the sounds of it. What about events at the brewery? Have you got any events over the summer? I mean, goodness me, you're not going to be there, are you? Because you're just at festivals every <laughs> week. But in between that, is there anything you're doing at you know Newcastle you want to promote? Um, I'll be honest. In terms of events at the brewery, we haven't planned a whole lot based on not wanting to put a whole lot of time and prep and money spent into anything that may not happen so i think anything big event wise at the brewery would be probably for next year but one thing that i quickly touched on is we had a tap takeover at the Clooney yeah this past weekend so one thing we've decided to do is we we also just mentioned is the altogether beer that we brewed last year right. with yep. ice, which for people that don't know the whole altogether beer from last year was based on raising some funds to help support the hospitality industry that obviously yep. has been affected greatly by by COVID nineteen. And last year we didn't do anything with that money because we, it was just so no one knew it was still going to happen despite opening. So we decided to put it off. But this summer we've decided to do a Northeast revival tour. Uh, ah. Basically, we've partnered with a lot of bars that support us, anyways, right. uh, before, during, after lockdown, and have basically said, you know, like, let, let's have a full circle top takeover at your place and we'll give you a, a keg or two free, depending well, that's on nice. the that they've got. So we're, we're giving some kegs to these bars, uh, along with, you know, we're getting some, we've got some t-shirts done. We've got some glasses done. That'll be out soon that basically support a bunch of Northeast craft beer places. Nice. Um, and so, you know, if you look at our social media, you'll see kind of all the stops. Uh, is there a list that people can see? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, our, we opened up at the Clooney on the second and fourth of July last weekend, which went really well. And it was supposed to time with the start of their live music which got pushed back, obviously, because we're also sponsoring the first live music tour that's going through the Clooney. It's an urban kingdom. They started in Newcastle. Right. Uh, they're coming back, but we were sponsoring that event as well. So we wanted to start there in the Clooney. 
we also end at the time bar uh, the 4th to 6th of September. Mm-hmm. And in between that, we're, we're in Newcastle, but we're also into Darlington with the Orb. We're into Durham with Hopknocker this mm-hmm. weekend, out to the coast. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're, we're supporting, a, I think it's about 10, it's 10 Northeast craft beer bars. That, that's a great idea. No, that's so, really nice. Yeah, we're really excited for it. And, you know, when we messaged the, the, these bars, <clears> like the, the response was overwhelming that they wanted to be a part of it, which was great. So yeah. if you go on our socials, you'll see, see where we're going each week. Each Tuesday, we're basically doing a, a, a social media takeover right. of, the, of that weekend's bar. So you just follow us on Tuesday, see where we're going. And then just go and drink some full circle beers and discover a, a new Northeast craft beer bar. Nice. So I think we're more or less running down to the end of what I had planned to talk to you guys about. Anything that we haven't got to that you wanted to? Yeah. My my thing is like when we open up in on the 19th of July is just hoping that uh, if all restrictions go away, essentially. My hope is that people understand that when we open up, on July 19th as, as a nation, not just full circle, is that people understand that not everyone has had a vaccination. Not everyone has been double vaxxed. So if businesses decide when you're standing, when you're walking around, that you need to wear a mask, that there isn't a uproar about it. It's just, you know, we've lived with this for however long now. Yep. Until businesses feel comfortable with people being normal, mm. people should respect that. I think that's a very good point, Graham. I think, and it's you, 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 I think that potentially could be a challenge. It will be a challenge for some people, I'm sure. And we all need to just be mindful of what levels of comfort others have and, and just be respectful of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our customers have been amazing all the way through. Mm. And I don't think we've ever really had a problem. And we've always had some really good feedback that everyone's felt really comfortable. Everything's been spaced out correctly. Um, there are some places where they will squeeze people in. Even for myself, I've really not gone many other places just because I feel comfortable knowing the kind of regulations that we've and kind of organization we've put in place. And I felt safe and my wife's felt safe and we've happy we brought friends and family yeah. um, and I want just to continue. I want to feel safe in, in our own tap room. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, gentlemen, with that said, then I think this has been a really good catch up. Uh, continue to be massively impressed with what you guys are doing. I wasn't exaggerating when I, you know, what I said earlier about my experience in April. I was stunned at how great everything is that you've got going on there. Just a brilliant location. Everything's been beautifully designed. And I can't wait to get back. It's going to be sooner rather than later. At least I hope so. And in the meantime, I'm going to be pestering the life out of you at beer festivals all summer long. (laughs) I mean, Graham will probably be there by himself half the time. (laughs) It'll just seem stressed. It's fine. (laughs) I'll be fine. As long as if when you come to the stand, if you get a beer, I get a beer, we'll be all right. (laughs) Perfect. Let's do it. (laughs) Gentlemen, then I shall bid you good evening. Thanks, Rob. Cheers. Thanks very much. Commencing in July 2021, This Week in Craft Beer will be running meticulously curated long weekend tours to the world's most exciting craft beer cities in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Destinations for 2021 will include Copenhagen, New England, Brooklyn and Miami. If you fancy joining a small tour party led by a leading UK craft brewer as we experience a packed long weekend of meet the brewer and tutor tastings at some of the leading craft breweries on the planet, please pay close attention to our newsletter and website as we make new announcements each week throughout April and May.